it's you liberals who have lifted them up, Howard. Paul, you conservatives make a mistake. You can't afford to strangle hope in people. Without hope, people become dangerous. No, Howard, you liberals have let them invade our society. You give them jobs, political jobs. Paul, you missed the point. It's only the smart ones we move up. <laughs> that makes it even worse. Oh, no, we have to move them up. If we leave a smart one in the ghetto, he might develop into a leader against us. But if we raise him up into white society, we neutralize him. He feels compelled to try to act like us. He loses his identity and uh, his racial anger, if he has any. He becomes alien to his brothers. They realize he's sold them out and they grow to hate him. He becomes worthless to them and safe for us. Uh, no, thank you. In fact, in his love for the creature comforts, except for his color, he's become one of us. No longer yeah, yeah, welcome back. Welcome back to Uncle Dad's. We are back with our second episode. I am Dudley Do-Right, and we got my boy Perry. What it do, everybody, man? Thank y'all for tuning in. Let me turn this off. So I've been, man, I've been busy, man. Like I discovered, I, I need to freaking turn this sound off. Let me go ahead. I just discovered Discord, right? Like I used to like day trade and stuff. Now I discovered Discord again. Like I went back on and finding different servers that I'm interested in. And like, since the world is kind of going, you know, to virtual, I think it will be a huge opportunity you know, to capitalize on. I'm just like a, one guy in there explained me as being, described me as being like a caveman who just found fire. So I, they have like different rooms and different servers that you can go in and you can put like a, a bot into it. Let's turn this thing off. As far as this noise, because oh, you guys can hear that. I hate that. Super annoying. Hopefully it stops. Okay, Woo. well, that's the only thing. It's a notification thing that when people ping and stuff and talking and they have chats in there, they have voice messaging in there. We can get like a voice chat like this, but like it's like 12 other people and you can like share your screen and stuff. I'm addicted, man. Like I like been on it all day. <laughs> I need to do something like that, you know, get in tune with other people. Yeah, exactly. I was I was the ancient guy, so I'm 30. I tell I'm 30, and people were cracking jokes like this and that. But yeah, man, I was trying to uh, yeah get familiar with it and stuff. I met a guy. Um, he had a situation where he had, I think, three baby mamas and like nine kids, and I wanted to get him on here with us, but uh, I haven't got any correspondence back. So we'll see how that goes. But we're, we're slowly but surely trying to get more and more people to join us, kind of share their experiences being a, a black man in America. Um, so we got a lot to talk about, I, you know, just updated you and what I've been doing. What, what, what you been doing, Perry? What's, what's life been like? Man, life been a little rough this past week, man, because uh, I lost a cousin Saturday, but it's a whole, it's a, it's a lot of family drama and shit that go along with it, but then we don't have no recollection of what happened, but, uh, you know, so I've been dealing with that this week. And then today, 
like this guy, this guy that, uh, man, we know I'm old. So we used to get pagers back in the day. Yeah. So this guy, he had a pager shop. Like I was 14, 15, I was 14, you know, had a little weekend job and I'll, you know, go buy me, a, buy me a pager from, uh, wow. Uh, yeah. I can't remember the place, but, um, you know, buy the pager, you know what I'm saying? And well, fast forward to now, you know, he got a, he got a place, a nice famous restaurant and a event center called uh, Ice Events in Oklahoma City. So it's like a late night spot. You can get you some catfish, get you a burger, get you some big, big jumbo damn shrimp that we like that damn. Oh, meat. they some seafood people, okay. Yeah, I mean, they sell really, I mean, really, you know, just uh, late. Oklahoma, that's, that's good, they're having good seafood. That's yeah, just sell, they just sell stuff to soak up the alcohol, really. Okay. Well, you gotta you gotta have bar food because the bar be having that cold and stuff. But if you got you know known for good shrimp, like being that this far away from the ocean, they got some pretty good deals and connections. I would bet. Some big ass shrimp too. But um, and you go you know you go up there you go up there for the weekend. They had a poetry and everything. Well, that guy speed from you know him owning the pager shop. Then he owned a. Uh, he owned a um, a record store okay. after that. Like, you know, we'll go and buy No Limit CDs and cash money. You know, they would drop the shit every week. Cash money records. Mm -hmm. And he had the clothes in there, like Buffalino boots and shit like that, where South Pole was like, South Pole was brand new back then. So I'm, I'm dating myself right now, but you know. So he, he was a big entrepreneur in the city, you know what I'm saying? And uh, he was murdered today. This or was last your cousin. Murder. No, this it's, is another dude. Like another just, guy. Yeah, people are dying, man. This whole guy named Race Allen. He's like a gospel singer. He died on the thirty first of October. Yeah, that's the same thing. My cousin died, man. Yeah, but, man, it's crazy. Like this, this whole pandemic wiping people out, and then people are leaving us left and right. I don't know if I told the story about me meeting the girl at the liposuction on the beach. In uh, Miami, Florida, but yeah, people are dying left and right. So it's time for us to live, right? Do those things that we, you know, say that we, you know, we always gonna do. People had these New Year's resolutions, right? It's 2020. It's the new year for me. New, uh, what do they call it? New decade for me, right? And uh, they just look around and it's November and they still ain't doing shit. Tell, um, tell the story about the our listeners ain't heard the story about the liposuction lady, so. She no. Yeah, so it was just like long, like I, I don't really want to draw it out, but it's a pretty much I met I'm a people person and I met this couple on the beach and this girl she reminded me of my ex girlfriend. I wonder if, I don't remember my ex girlfriend having siblings or anything. She looked like her twin sister. And like, walked up to her, we started up a conversation, and her husband was um her husband was um uh, doing something I forget. But uh, he was like, yeah, my husband's from Chicago too. Like, uh, you know, we kind of bet off and I'm from Chicago too. Like, where are you from? And then he, like, we found out that he was going, he was living in the same neighborhood in Oak Park, Illinois, where I live now. And we hit it off, start talking. And uh, she was telling me about her liposuction surgery and how she was there to get it. And I was trying to talk her out of it and being like, you know, you don't need to do that. I'm up 
jogging every day. I'm eating better and stuff, and I'm feeling better. My weight's going down. I don't think, you know, people, in my opinion, should, like, necessarily have surgery, you know, to fix something. And, and it wasn't my place to say, but she wasn't big at all. She was, like, had a little bit of, you know, something, but she wasn't big. And I had, like, love handles and shit. And I'm like, dang, like, you need to go through that. So I'm just kind of convincing her and stuff. And we were on the beach, and, you know, I just left it alone. And then we went out to eat later on that night and got some good crab legs and everything. Had a good old time. Um, but then he called me two weeks ago. And he told me uh, that uh, he was still in the hospital trying to figure out the insurance papers because his wife had died from the surgery. And I'm like, wow, like she died from that surgery. And this was like literally two weeks ago um, when I was down there. Um, so yeah, that's man, crazy. life, life, and, my, and the lesson that I learned, life is just quick, man. It was sitting right in front of me and she was complaining about, how, well, I was complaining about how I turned 30 and I feel old. And she was 33 and she's like, I remember how I was 30 and it ain't that bad. And she, you know, didn't get to live, live to see 34. So just talk about what people say about live your life and just really just like go out there and do things and, you know, really try to, I don't know, try to like do things that you're not used to and like that make you uncomfortable because we all fall in our comfort zone. And I think that's what kills most of us. I think we were talking about our, our um, conversation um, before, I think it was like, it was off record. This wasn't on uh, Uncle Dad's or anything like that. But we were talking about how our families kind of hinder us by, you know, sucking us into carrying their burdens and we find our comfort within them, right? It's our moms, it's our sisters, it's our brothers, it's our uncles, it's our cousins, right? We find comfort in them, but they're not necessarily good for our development and growth. Um, so we were kind of chatting about that offline. So I, I figured we can pick back up on that too, but man, it, it, it's important that we kind of recognize that, you know, our families do kind of shape our growth. And most importantly, they shape our environment, like not really, you know, piggybacking on our last episode, I was talking about my situation and my kids, me not being able to completely control where they grow up is kind of affecting the outcome of their life. Um, so, you know, for my son, me having custody, I'm, I'm able to affect a little bit of his outcome of his life, but for his sister, I'm not so sure. So I don't know. It begs the question: Is like, you know, re, you know, what we really want in a family structure, like being, you know, put in the, at the forefront. Like when we think about ourselves and what we want, you know, as far as this legacy, and we want to be in business. We want to have our own shit. We want to have our own money. I talk to some people, and they're just like are okay with renting and they're okay with just, you know, going to work, there's nine to five jobs and stuff like that. And they just repeat the cycle, repeat the cycle. Don't have a, a, a man at home and stuff. And they're just repeating the cycle. So. Yeah, it, it's hard to tell people what, uh, what you're doing as far as when you, as people see you go up, when people see you go up, they, they see you go up, but, they think, oh, that's just him. He looks up to do this. But they don't actually see the work because you're not, you may not put it out there. And then every time you're with, around them, it's stuff you don't want to talk about business when you're with your family. You want to talk about family shit. Like, oh, yeah. you know, other shit that, that don't pertain to, like, me showing you what the fuck I got because what I got means nothing to what, like, unless I'm telling you how I got it. 
Exactly. And I think that needs to be urged into the conversation to where if we do want to talk about business, let's go ahead and get the business out of the way. And it's a family culturistic thing to like, hey, let me let tell you tell you what I, you know, I got this guy who had three barber shops that he want to open. And he got all his money that he got inherited from his family. He don't know what to do with it, you know, do with it. So it's just communicating that within our family. And then after that, well, okay, I got you. I'll hit him up. Let's slap me his number. Okay, I'll text you his number later. Then you just go on with the, you know, conversation in life. I think that needs to be ushered into our pattern of, of, of communication as, as men, definitely. Um, and then also, you know, I think our women do it fine. Um, but I think just men and women, we need to kind of see each other as a resource because we all are resources. We all have, you know, our, 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 our skills to bring to the table, if you will. So it, it, Man, it's... I don't, think, uh, I don't think some of the men that's... You know, it's, it's a lot of men, not just specifically in my family, just men in general, that mm -hmm. really are lost. Like, they want to work. Everybody, trust me, everybody has a million-dollar dream. But mm -hmm. what do they have that million dollar uh, work ethic? Or do they do they even have a thousand their work ethic? You know what I'm saying? Because mm -hmm. most of the men that you know we see, I see men every day living day to day. I see men that actually make good money but spend it as fast as they make it. So they live good and they looking good, but what are they actually betting on? They betting on that job always being there. They betting on that income always being there. They're not betting on saving it for six months, you know, taking exactly. it for six months and then going and purchasing property and stuff like that or something that is going to be in longevity. So that money that you are spending every week is now making money, making money on its own where you're not... So it, it, it's just supplemental income. See, some men don't even think like that. Like, but actually a lot of men do. They just don't have the, there's, there's, this is what I want, but I don't know how to get it. So I'm gonna just keep working, but I know how to get these Jordans. Just saying, I know how to get those. I can get those. I can just go back to work. I'm gonna say, you know, it's, it's, it's They're gonna repeat the cycle. Yeah, repeat the cycle. They repeat the cycle of com they're comfortable. And that's what they used to. They want to feel comfortable. They want to have these things. But it's kind of like, with me growing up, it's kind of like how I learned. I learned by following the like leader, really. Like it would be, you know, where I would have to pick and choose different traits that I would get from like strong black men that came across me in my family, whether it be my mother's boyfriend or a pastor or an elder or just, just somebody who had that positive energy and I had to put it together for ourselves. But it takes it a step further when we invite that into our house, into our homes. But it, it's, it's, that's why I really want to like dig deep. Is, is it easy for us to bring that into our homes? Is it easy for us black men to control the conversation within our homes? Like when we have Thanksgiving, when we have Christmas or whenever we have family gatherings, are people respective of the man and what he has to bring to the table? And I think that's where we need to kind of go and, and, and really 
solidify that, make that the norm within our family gatherings. Like, like we was talking about when you was like, man, like somebody brings a, a bowl of greens or something, a, a bowl of peas or something with no seeds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but I'd be yeah. like, yeah, it, it, go ahead. Some, some people, see, here's the thing, man. It's not even that, when it's the leader of the family, like we can say, we can say, man, leader of the household. So how are we doing Thanksgiving for our family? Are we going to go see your family and my family? We're going to see your family first, then my family, or vice versa. Don't you that man believe that. But when you talk about an entire family where you have uncles, cousins, there is always a man leader. But that man leader, nine times out of 10 has a strong woman beside them to help put a lot of this shit together. And when they do that, when they do that, that's when stuff functions a lot better. But me, myself, I don't have a wife. So, but I, I can still, now I still put shit together. Don't get me twisted. Cause every, every 4th of July shit is at my house. You know what I'm saying? Every thanks or every other Thanksgiving, it's either at my house or my dad's house. I mean, we had it at my cousin's house a couple of years ago too. Mm -hmm. See, that's the thing is we kind of rotating it. You know what I'm saying? Where the families is doing, but we are all strong men in our own. So even if I don't have a wife, I can handle my shit. I'm different, but we need to be, we talking about, we can be head of our homes when we doing stuff inside our home. But then if you want to be head of the family family, you also have to be, your, your family structure has to be intact. Exactly. So you yeah, you have to be the example. Yep, you have to nobody, be the example. That's nobody's why gonna lead, nobody's going to listen to a nigga about leading a family <laughs> that don't got no family. <laughs> I mean, I got kids and shit, but I'm saying if you want to lead the family, you got to you got to live that part. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. And I think yeah, and I think leading the family as far as respect and stuff, it, it comes and goes because people are in families and they fall in and out and they fight each other. That's going to come. But as far as financial literacy, financial literacy should be taught in the family, by the family, and not really dependent on by the school system to teach us financial literacy. We have to pass it down to our children ourselves. So even if I didn't have kids or whatever, I would want to be seen as a leader, not in an egotistic way, but a leader in the financial struggles of this family. And I was talking to, I went to see my auntie last weekend and I was talking to her just about how it was just a divide between her and her brothers. Like she has my mother and then my, my auntie left. It's those three. And then my two uncles left. So it was like nine kids. It's only five kids left left on earth. So four already died. Um, so I'm just talking about talking to her about just like, don't you see like the divide between like the family? And she's like, it's always been like that. And I'm just like, wow. And I just kind of, you're just trying to get her off the subject of just, you know, she was like trying to ask for me for money and like kind of what, you know, she want, she wanted me to bring her a hundred dollars for her birthday. <laughs> But I'm just like, where, you know, where do you want to be? What do you want to like do in this? Like, what, what do you want to like, what do you really like uh, desire in this life? Yeah, you this is my auntie. But see, yeah. uh, the desires may have changed by the, by age. 
But like, so my auntie is, there's this thing, she's a panhandler and she's been panhandling downtown Chicago since I was little. I used to go out there with her and sell streetwise. She used to sell the little papers and shit. So she still does the same thing, but she doesn't sell streetwise. She just begs for money on the street. So she's one of the people who kind of helped raise me in a way because I had a bad relationship with my mother. Um, but she kind of helped raise me, but she's still in the same city. And I'm just like, auntie, you don't, you're not bored with this stuff. Like she's like, oh, no, I'm not really bored. I like it. I love it. I get to go downtown and do my thing, make my money and I'm okay. And then she was kind of, well, I would like something closer to downtown to where I can just go downstairs and be right there, but this is okay. And she only stay like 20 minutes from downtown. <laughs> she can literally take it. That's more of a, that's more of a, I'm, I'm not saying it's a mental health because mentally she's- Yeah, it is a mental health issue. I'll say it I mean, myself. It's it's yeah. more of like, she's happy though. No, she's yeah. like surviving. And that's a, the key word that I got from her that night is survival. She's surviving. And I told her, will not you want to live? And I kept on trying to figure out what she want to do. She was like, I want to go to Atlanta. I'm like, you want to go to strip club? She's like, no, nah, not all that. She's like, oh, so you just want to ride your little scooter on downtown and look at everybody. <laughs> She's like, yeah, I just want to window shop, I guess. And uh, I'm trying some to, you know. Can't, some people can't, I don't know if they can't, they, they mental capacity can't, can't push them to make that leap into you know, they're not exposed to it. I mean, they're not exposed to it. It's not, they're not used to it. And that's the, that's the, you know, not to jump from thing to thing, but that's the problem I see with a lot of, you know, young brothers out here. They're not exposed to wealth. They're not exposed to educated black men with businesses and really like out there making thousands of dollars, right? And like, it's not even about the money, but they have a purpose, they have a goal. And they actually, you know, are walking in their truth. You know, so that's why I say, like, to be a leader of a family is not really uh, about being the, you know, person that everybody respects, but it's kind of like being that example. So, like, this is how you live. This is how you're supposed to live righteously, you know, not in the eyes of, you know, whatever religious figure you, you want to praise, but it's in the eyes of yourself. So that's what I've always, you know, strived to be is, is live righteous and and it's just hard, like, like my, on my way back home from visiting my auntie, I was just kind of heartbroken that I can't really budge. This is a woman who, like, you know, partially raised me, but I can't really budge her to have a relationship with me. I want to get her on a plane and fly her out to Miami when I go, but she's like, I ain't never taking no dang on plane. You put me on a bus. <laughs> uh, you know, she, you know preference, you preference. When you say that, like, um, we're not exposed, like the internet changes our exposure to what, now don't, I'm not saying that we, we can directly communicate with a lot of people because a lot of times it's chance. You get a chance, but then there's also, because you, you are able to be exposed to anybody at any time via Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, Facebook or whatever, LinkedIn, these all these social media sites, you're able to be exposed to them to see what they're doing in life 
but you also have to create your you have to be create your own content as to what when people when you reach out to somebody they're going to be like well wh what do you have to show because i don't see nothing they okay just the same way you saw them they want to see you and be like okay this guy has it let me see what he could do because like nowadays owning a camera and shooting your own commercials is simple yeah uh, creating meetings uh creating things to uh to network with other people is like groups yeah social groups like discord like i'm man <laughs> i gotta stay yeah. off of discord but but that but that but that's how you that's how you get out that's how you have that way to man it's out there now it's it's out there more than ever because of covid because we didn't even take zoom calls and shit serious like when we started with our group before you know i was just like that was my first time on zoom we did skype and stuff like that but you know we were doing this way prior to this and i'm like man now the world is in this and i'm like this has been the wave and the world had to change Catch up. people to understand yeah and I, unfortunately we got through into this situation but then again i've met a lot of great people off of through, through, straight through instagram because i not only did i have not only did i have you know the boss to reach out to them because sometimes you don't want to be like hey man let me show you what i got let me yeah. show you what i got There's these tapes in the back yeah. <laughs> i also got the content i also got the education i also got the experience I got shit. I got shit to show them. Whereas yeah. I'm not telling them everything. Exactly, and that's the, and that's kind of like how my relationship is with, is with my son. And I show him how I make money through his own vending machine. He has his own little candy vending machines. I walk up to the barber, you know, barber shop, get my hair cut up, you know, a couple times, and I'm telling my son before we go that this is what I'm doing. I'm building a relationship with the guy. He's gonna grow to trust me. When he grows to trust me, that's when we put the vending machines in there and we buy the candy. Then we put the candy in the vending machines. And when people come in the shop, they give us money for the candy in the vending machines. We cut the guy who let us put the vending machines in the shop a deal, 20% or whatever, you know, we figure out and we take the rest and we buy more candy. And he's like, no, Dada, at first, and he was like, oh, Dada, I, I just want the candy. And then he was like, oh, okay, I want the quarters. And he started getting like all the quarters and stuff. And he's like, he's five. He's like, money, 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 right? <laughs> and he's so happy that he got these, like, this money. Now he's always checking back on me. You got that money it's in the bank still because I put all his money in a bank account for him. But, I, you know, I'm, I'm doing the best I can with showing him what I know and trying to be, you know, still on his level to where he can grasp, grasp it, grasp it. But like, I don't have a relationship with my oldest son, Jordan, and my daughter, Ava. So I don't really know how they're going to grow up. I'm definitely going to try my best to influence them. But at a, it's, it's at a point to where, and this is another thing, Perry, when I went to go see my auntie, she told me about 
her brother who died, which was my uncle, and that he she told me how he used to see my cousin Tasha because he had a baby mama who used to keep Tasha away and he used to beat her ass. <laughs> like literally like beat her ass to like get Tasha until she like gave gave him her daughter, his daughter. And I was like, basically auntie, you want me to go to jail and do all this shit to try to be in my daughter's life and all that shit? I'm like, I'm not about that life. <laughs> I ain't about that life. I ain't about to put my life in jeopardy. So no, it's an ongoing you, situation. I, I I don't have the best relationship with my oldest daughter, but she has her issues right now. And I told her, I, I ain't gonna say we have a bad relationship. We just really don't have one. And that's, that's all circumstantial to, you yeah. know, her wanting to be like free of whatever the fuck. Cause I ain't that bad of a person. I got my shit together. But my baby mama, you know, that's another story. But anyway, the and I and I, my daughter right now is in another mental health facility. This is her second time this year, and so mm -hmm. I'm at the point where I'm like, man, she come to stay with me because when she with you, shit goes wrong. And I'm like, you haven't even like when she was with me, we was fine. So I'm not saying that I'm gonna perfect her mental capacity, but she not doing what she supposed to do when she with you because whatever it is is stressing her out when she with exactly. you that she don't even want to be home. And maybe you balance it out. You maybe you balance her out a little bit where she needs that man that structure that that strongness of a man around, right? Maybe you balance it's her not, out. And it's it's more it's more or less of her when she come over here, you know, she got chores, you know what I'm saying? Clean the clean the restroom. I told her to clean the dishes, but she don't want to clean the dishes. So I was like, shit, just clean the restroom. And if you clean it every other day, it ain't never going to be that dirty. So, um, you know, I have a, I, th I think I, that was the most structure that I've ever put onto her because she never lived with me. And that was just like doing something that I would do. You know what I'm saying? I do all my chores. So when it comes down to somebody else moving in, okay, we're going to delegate some of these duties to whoever, you know, it out. you know, you when, uh, when I cook, you know what I'm saying? We made some fried crab legs, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, this guy, we country. yeah, we <laughs> like, ahead. you know, you, we cooked the crab legs and okay. then we pulled, we pulled the meat out and fried them. Oh boy, y'all country boy. That sounds good though. Oh boy. that shit was bomb. But you know what? It was just me and her doing that together was like it was cool because you mm -hmm. know I'm teaching her something, I'm putting her through whatever. And you know, I think that's that's what she wanted. She wanted to do shit like that. She didn't want me to be on her about fucking cleaning up the restroom or homework. But you know, then she had her fast ass friends over and I'm like, nigga, like <laughs> nigga, put some pants on in this motherfucking house. Like the fuck, little bitty asses. But you know, just having all this, like I was like, you know, I didn't feel too comfortable with all that shit, but it was still my daughter. I was telling like, look, man, you know, you gotta be, you be mindful that. Respect it. But yeah, Perry, let, let's go ahead and wrap up. We are definitely gonna, you know, be back on here next week. 
Um, but definitely let's wrap up here because I, I definitely want to get, you know, more. We got a lot, a lot to share. I want to get, I really want to get a girl on here to see their perspective. Um, I, I don't know if you oppose to it. We can talk more about that offline, but uh, oh, I think it would be a good, good to see a girl's perspective. If you guys tune in, go ahead and uh, hit, up, hit me up at DutleyAccountingServices.com. The link is in the bio. And Perry, you can let them know your contact information. Hey, yeah, uh, man, hit me up on Instagram, Everyday Thing underscore PJ. You can find me on YouTube, Everyday Thing with PJ. Uh, you can find our content every uh, uh, Uncle Dad's on YouTube. Um, you can find me on Twitter. Yeah, I don't know what my Twitter handle is. I don't be on that. <laughs> we old. Don't tell them your age, man. And then uh, you can find <laughs> us on Spotify. You guys are probably hearing us on Spotify as well. So, all right, let's go ahead and wrap it up. I'll see you guys next week. Peace.